I'm reading one verse from Acts chapter number 9. That verse is verse number 25. Then the disciples took him, that's Saul of Tarsus, by night, and led him down by the wall in a basket. Notice the phrase, and led him down. I've been preaching in some, some of these services on the, the mysterious ministries revealed in the Scriptures. And tonight, I'd like to preach a very topical sermon. I say that because that's not my norm. I like to take a chapter, or a few verses, or one verse, and just labor in that context, or in that text. But tonight, I want to give you my theme, and then I want to illustrate it from four different Scenes in the Bible. I'm using this first verse tonight as my launching pad. And I'd like to preach on another mysterious ministry. And tonight I'm calling it the ministry of being let down. The ministry of being let down. I don't think I have to go into any detail to describe what I mean. All of us have had experiences, whether it involved circumstances or people or perhaps the limitations of ourselves when we were let down. In fact, sometimes I feel like I let myself down more than anybody else lets me down. I just thought, you know, I've been traveling now. This is my 35th year in evangelism. And uh, I just thought that I would be so much further down the road with Jesus by now. Oh, seems like I take one step forward and then stumble back two or three. But I'm glad the Lord hasn't given up on me. He's still working in me. And I thank Him for His kindness. I heard this interesting little story about the pastor who was very sick and he thought he was dying. And so he began to tell his wife how to plan his funeral. And uh, after he gave her the speaker and the singer, he said, I want the deacons to be my pallbearers. She said, why in the world would you want the deacons after the trouble we've had here? Why would you want them to be your pallbearers? He said, I thought that'll be the last time they'll be able to let me down. Well, we can't help but laugh about it, but there's more people that's let us down than deacons, and a lot of circumstances that have left us in a lower place 
than we were previously. But what I want to magnify tonight is I believe that there's a ministry in being let down. God allows it for our good. It's for our benefit. And so let's look at these illustrations. We're beginning with Paul. And so I want to say firstly tonight, Paul was let down. Now we could say a lot about the setting. Uh, He has just had his eyes open to who Christ is. He's been uh, brought to faith through a Damascus Road experience. He's been groomed by some of the brethren there at Damascus, Ananias being one of the special brothers who helped him. And uh, then he started preaching Christ. You'll notice that back in verse 20. As soon as he had some recovery from this unusual encounter, and the scales, as it were, had fallen from his eyes, and he had been baptized, immersed in water, he went to the synagogue and began to preach Christ, the Bible tells us. He didn't preach theories. He didn't preach his convictions. He didn't preach his ideas. But he preached Christ. Boy, that's getting off on the right foot. And uh, then those Jews in the synagogue, they got so stirred up that uh, they laid in wait. Uh, we're told uh, they, they watched the gates day and night uh, they wanted to kill him. That's something, isn't it? To be a new convert and uh, have so many enemies. No wonder Paul wrote uh, that uh, they that live godly shall suffer persecution. He knew something about it. And then the disciples said, we've got to get you out of here. And so they led him down in a basket by night, down by the wall, and he escaped and went on to Jerusalem. And from there, he entered into God's plan for his life. Now, what I want to do is just mention two or three things, topical ideas, and... uh, Perhaps maybe one of them will find a lodging place. First of all, I can't help but notice that Paul was let down by disciples. That would be believers who have matured and they have given themselves to the propagation of the gospel of Christ. They're his followers, disciples, students. Of Christ. And they were the ones who let him down. It does not have to be some out and out sinner. But it can be someone even in the church world. Who can let you down or let me down. I might point out as well that it happened at night. It was a dark experience. Being let down 
has never been something that was enjoyable. It's always a dark experience. Sometimes it can become more dark than others. And you find yourself clinging to the wall and feeling of the wall in the darkness, trying to find your way down. I might add as well, they led him down in a large market basket. There are two words in the New Testament rendered basket. One of the Greek words rendered basket means a homemade wicker basket. That's the kind the little boy had who had five loaves and two fishes in a basket. It was a little homemade wicker basket. But the second word is the one used here, meaning a large market basket for a lot of vegetables or buying a lot of goods from the market. Uh, I hope I don't sound sarcastic here, but these disciples apparently were determined to let him down because they had the big basket. They had the large size basket. Again, I know that is not the basic teaching of the text, but I'm using that to give an illustration of this, this truth of being let down. But here's what I want to get to. There are benefits from being let down. And Paul was able to leave from here and go to Jerusalem. Verse number 28 says he was with them coming in and going out at Jerusalem. And God is going to thrust him out now into the harvest. And God will use him in the Gentile scene, while Simon Peter and the other administrators in the church of Jerusalem operate in the Jewish circle. And later that will bring a little contention. But it interests me that he had to be let down to get on in the plan of God for his life. So I would say firstly, Paul was let down to bring about an initiation of ministry. Somebody said, well, I don't know why I had to go through this. The Lord may be pushing you towards Jerusalem. He, he may be heading you in the direction of people that you could have never gotten to otherwise. And He knows how to expand us, doesn't He? And so sometimes he allows us to be let down by choice disciples. Even dark times in our lives. And uh, we're seemingly by those who are determined to do it. That we might fulfill our ministry. I say here in this service tonight, there's some of us who would not be here and I'll put my name at the top of the list. I do not believe I would be here ministering tonight had God not allowed some choice people along the way to let me down. 
and by being led down by the brethren, God furthered me. God pushed me forward. God advanced me in ways that would have never happened. Well, now you know this. We talk about Joseph reigning in Egypt and feeding his brethren bread after the famine. But Joseph never would have been in Egypt if his brethren hadn't rejected him and led him down into the pit. And so Paul was let down to bring about an initiation of ministry. Oh, that God would help us to see the preciousness of that. As much as being let down scares us and sometimes disturbs us. And sometimes even puts a little resentment in us for a while. Ah, the Lord is out to progress us. He's out to further us. And then, if you'd be kind to turn to an Old Testament text, secondly, 1 Samuel chapter 19. 1 Samuel chapter 19. Y'all need to pray for me now. I'm feeling like a smart aleck. I started to tell you that was right before Second Samuel. So y'all forgive me. Pray for me. My first emphasis was Paul was let down. And he was let down to bring about an initiation of ministry. My second illustration comes from the life of David. And I'd like to mention that David was let down. 1 Samuel chapter 19 and verse number 12. Before I read the verse, let me give you the context. David has been ministering to Saul in the palace. He's been playing his harp. And it soothed Saul's spirit. But jealousy has swelled up in, in King Saul's heart. He heard them singing that he had slain his thousands, but David had slain his ten thousands. And he got down his javelin. And by the way, if you look for your javelin long enough, you'll find it. And Saul got his javelin. And in an opportune moment, he threw it at David. Somehow David missed it in the providence of God, slipped away, and uh, escaped that night. In verse number 11, Saul sent messengers to watch him and slay him in the morning. In the middle of verse 11 says, And Michael... I heard one fellow pronounce it Michelle so they'd know it was a girl. I think it should be pronounced Michael. David's wife told him, saying, If thou save not thy life tonight, tomorrow thou shalt be slain. So Michael let David down through a window. And he went and fled and escaped. And Michael took an image and laid it in the bed 
and put a pillow of goat's hair for his bolster and covered it with a cloth. And when Saul's messengers came in, uh, they were upset because she had deceived them. And uh, I see several little applications here that I think would be worthy of at least being mentioned. Paul was let down by disciples, but David was let down through a dear family relationship. His wife let him down. And what one of us tonight has not either been let down or we have let down our mates in some form or another. Some folks can only see through certain lenses and so only certain sins and certain events interest them. But I'm going to tell you, we all have let down others and been let down by more than sexual misbehavior. Uh, oh my, how we've come short of our mate's hopes and anticipations. And I told my wife, she said, is there anything after all these years that bothers you about me? I said, yes. You squeeze the toothpaste too much. You leave the tube all wrinkled. Now wasn't that a big one? But it sort of miffed her. And I don't know how long she kept bringing up that toothpaste. On one occasion she said you need to buy the plastic. Not the kind you can roll up, but the plastic kind. And one time she said when we were shopping, grocery shopping, she said, what about a dispenser? I'm saying, I irritated her. I dug a little too much in the toothpaste. And uh, it burst, the tube burst on me. I'm saying you don't have to have some big rift. You don't have to have some knockdown drag out to be let down by me. I was preaching in our area and I said something about my wife and I having a fuss. And this young preacher was there and it really disturbed him. And he came and said to me, he said, Brother Hayes, you and your wife didn't really have a fuss, did you? And I saw I had him leaning on the ropes. And so I thought I'd go ahead and put him on down. I said, son, how do you think my wife can live with somebody like me who is right all the time and us never have a fuss? He sort of wilted and, and said, well, I just didn't expect it. Well, I want to say that we all have our imperfections. But I must add, David's wife didn't just let him down. 
She let him down in a rough way. There's no mention of a basket. He's on his own, buddy. And so she lets him down and he must be kicking and pushing against the wall as he goes down. And I might add, this is one that bothers me when somebody lets me down uh, who is a dear friend or relative or relation. She replaced him with an idol. That's what it says. She took a, an image, which is an idol, and laid it in the bed and put a pillow of goat's hair for his bolster and covered it with a cloth. You do know, and let's look at this very broadly, we are replaceable. I'm not just talking about in family life, I'm talking about in all kinds of experiences. Huh? Well, let me give you a little illustration. I was with this dear pastor, and we drove by this house, and he said, I wish we hadn't come this way. I said, well, why, brother? He said, we just passed that house of those friends of ours. They quit coming to the church, and he said it's bad enough to feel like they, they've rejected us and sort of spur, shirked us and don't want us around. But he said, I saw somebody else's car parked up there where our car used to be parked. <laughs> Some of you have seen some other people's car parked where yours was parked. You ever been sitting in a restaurant on Sunday night when some of the Baptist folks come to fellowship? And you see some former acquaintance that you used to sit down in a booth with and now they're sitting with someone else. It's called being replaced. Well, I'll watch it now. I, I emphasize the benefit of being let down. Paul was let down to bring about an initiation of ministry. To move towards Jerusalem. Let me say David was let down to bring about an interest in the man of God. You know where he went as soon as he hit the ground? To Ramah. You know who lived in Ramah? Samuel. The man of God. Samuel was the one that anointed him with oil as the future king. And he's not been around Samuel too much. But in this letdown... It sort of pushed him back to the man of God. I don't want to use myself as the illustrations tonight in all of this, but I, coming up, I've had one of the most dear pastors anyone could have, Brother Henry Vector. He's been faithful there at that church in the mountains for about 43 or 44 years now. He's not had what others would call a fruitful ministry. But God called a few of us out. And I think He'll probably get more rewards than I ever will. Because of His prayer life and because of His 
intimacy with Jesus. But uh, there was a time, uh, see, coming out of the church, at first I didn't have many meetings, and then all of a sudden things escalated, and I began to preach almost every night, and sometimes mornings as well, and years gone by. And the first thing you know, I felt like there was a lot of distance between me and my pastor. I wasn't against him. I, I didn't have anything that really troubled me about him. I just felt like we hadn't been around each other. And I went through some physical problems. Guess who was one of the first ones to show up over at my house? When I was down and couldn't go with an envelope from the church, it was that man of God. I, I really believe in that situation, the Lord allowed me to be led down physically to push me back towards the man of God. And many years have gone by now and he has a high place in my heart an esteemed place in my life. I say, somebody says, oh, I don't know why this happened. I don't know why I had to go through this. God may have been pushing you towards Ramah. Back to Samuel. The man of God. The one who introduced you to the kingly life. The one who... Uh, introduced you to the oil of gladness, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord may allow you to be let down to push you back in His direction. I want to tell you, this thing of being a man of God, let's talk about your pastor for a moment, this thing of being a man of God can be a lonely experience. And there, there's all the flock. But usually they're going here and there. And you can't draw from them personally. And you couldn't let down your guard and talk to them about your feelings deep down. But all every now and then, the Lord will let somebody go through some traumatic experience. And they'll come back and say, Pastor... You were right. I was wrong. And I, I, I want to thank you. First thing you know, they're fellowshipping on another level. God brings you closer to the man of God through times of being let down. And so Paul was let down to bring about an initiation of ministry. David was let down to bring about a renewed interest in the man of God. Now, would you stay there in the Old Testament with me and back up to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 2. Some of you will rally with this quickly. You'll remember what happened before we get to the text. This is the setting where the spies went into the Canaan land. And they came to Rahab's dwelling. Rahab the harlot. I might just 
put this in. My wife said I might make a decent preacher if it wasn't for all that I inject in the course of my sermon. But you check me out on this. She's called Rahab the harlot everywhere in the Bible except in Matthew chapter 1. In Matthew chapter 1, she's in the genealogy of the Lord Jesus. And there she's just called Rahab. And I want to tell you a lot of us could have a lot of titles hung on us tonight. But when it comes to the bloodline of the Lord Jesus, all that's been washed away. All that's been put behind us. Well, this is the beginning of that story with Rahab. We read that they came and she told them, she said, don't forget me. And uh, she let them down. Verse 15 says, she led them down by a cord through the window. For her house was upon the town wall and she dwelt upon the wall. Now I've heard different approaches to Rahab, but as far as I'm concerned, she is exercising faith at this time, not later when they come back and she's saved physically. But she's exercising faith here in receiving the spies, Hebrews 11 says. And so she let down these men who were checking out the land, surveying the land. And the one that had interest in their message let them down. I'm going to say, just by way of of emphasis, she could we say that she pictures new converts who led us down? Boy, I've seen people make professions of faith. And it just turned the church upside down. Glory to God. We prayed for her. We prayed for him. Oh boy. They're so excited. And then in about six months, you couldn't find them with a search warrant. They have evaporated in the community. And they're not to be located. They're off the radar screen. And you get let down. The pastor gets let down. I just thought, boy, God may be going to do something in that area of the community. God may be going to do something in that family. And the Sunday school teachers let down. I just thought that we could be of encouragement to that one. And then others who've befriended them, tried to help them, are let down because of things that were not developed and things that were not completed, relationships that were abandoned, maybe even promises that were not kept. And we were let down by a new convert. <laughs> and then I can't help but notice this. This was coming down off that high wall. They were let down by a long cord. You ever heard anybody say, well, you give him enough rope and he'll hang himself. Well, she gave them a lot of rope. 
She gave them enough to get all the way down on the hidden side from the surveillance at Jericho. And she uh, she gave them all the slack she could. Boy, I feel at times instead of having a taunt or a tight rope with people, it's had a lot of slack in it. It's been a long rope. Then let me add, she didn't just let them down, but she gave them instructions as she let them down. Well, please don't think I'm just trying to be silly or ugly, but it's bad enough for people to let you down. But it's worse when they tell you where to go while they're letting you down. And they give you instructions. They describe what you need to do. There are those who know more than anybody else. You know that. And when they let you down, one last word. Let me give you one last word. And uh, they give you some instructions. However, I want you to see this. Her instructions were to them in verse 16. Get you to the mountain. Get to the mountain. Lest the pursuers meet you. Hide yourself in the mountain three days until the pursuers be returned and afterward may you go your way. Watch it now. These spies listened to this woman and they went to the mountain. Verse 22 reads, And they went and came unto the mountain and abode there three days until the pursuers were returned. And the pursuers sought them throughout all the way, but found them not. Verse 23, So the two men returned and descended from the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all things that befell them. They brought back this encouraging word. The people, people's heart are faint about us. We can take the land. We can take Jericho. I want to say sometimes God allows us to be let down to bring about an initiation of ministry as was true of Paul. Sometimes God allows us to be let down to bring about a renewed interest in the man of God as was true with David. But sometimes God allows us to be let down to bring about an intervention in a mountain experience. I have been so low on occasions I had to look up to see bottom. And by the way, I'm not hesitant to tell you that I have been low. Some preachers have the idea, oh Lord, I couldn't dare tell them that I've been a little discouraged. Tell them. It's written all over us. <laughs> and uh, I'm not about to tell you that all my days have been up. Oh, there have been low times. There's been difficult times. But hallelujah for the times God let me get up where I've been let down and there's a mountain over here behind me 
and He lets me scale the mountain and have a resurrection experience. They were there three days. And three days speaks of resurrection. And I tell you, God will fix it to where then you can go back to the camp. Not with your head down, but thanking God for what He's going to do. I'm talking to you about God bringing us up to the mountain, intervening in our lives. I live in the mountains. And my car's already pulling that way. <laughs> I'm cutting up again, forgive me. But uh, I kid folks sometimes say we left the motel and wanted to head up, up the interstate tonight. Wanted to go home. But that's more me than the car. I tell you, I like to, I like to start a meeting, but I like to end a meeting. That means I'm going home, buddy. Somebody asked me the other month again, Tom, do you drive everywhere? I said, well, just about, but not not every night. Sometimes I stay over if I'm so far away from home. But if I'm two to two and a half hours from home, if I can get back by midnight. I'm headed that way. I have to drag Brother Dukes with me. I'm going to head that way. Because the pillars in these motels do not hug back. And son, if I can get home, that'll help me. I want to tell you, I had my family with me. And I told my wife after we'd been gone a few days, I said, boy, if I could just see the mountains. She said, ah... You've been telling me all these years you wanted to come home to see me. And now here I am with you and you're still wanting to go to the mountains. I tell you, I got myself in trouble. But thank God for those times in the journey spiritually when somehow God turns our boat towards the mountain. And we move to higher ground. There is a mountaintop experience. I believe Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. But my experience of Him is not always the same. I want it to be. More and more the older I get, the more I want that leveled off lifestyle. And partaking of Jesus who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and putting that same type evenness in my own life because He's working through me. But there are times when I'm let down, but thank God He lets me find a mountaintop and ascend it and climb it. And I, I feel like it's an intervention from God. If you're on the mountaintop, enjoy it while you can. Won't be long till you'll find yourself walking through a deep valley, a ravine that only is filled with shadows and sorrow. Go ahead and enjoy the mountain while you can. Before we go away tonight, I want you to turn back with me to the New Testament. I want us to go to that palsied man and his story in Mark chapter 2. Paul was let down. David was let down. The spies were let down. The palsied man was let down. We read about it in Mark chapter 2. 
There's so many people about the door, you couldn't get in. Verse 3 says, And they, that is his friends, come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof, that is, they got rid of the tiling in an area of the roof, and they let down the little bed or the little blanket wherein the sick of the palsy lay. They let him down. Now, I guess, as one of my friends said, you could, you could title this story, The Quartet That Brought Down the Roof. Because there's four of them. And they're working together to let this man down. I, I would just mention a couple of thoughts and then get to the chief emphasis. Sometimes folks seem to work together better in letting people down than they do in church work. You take the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They couldn't get along on doctrine. They couldn't get along on practice. But when it came time to crucify Jesus, they shook hands and got involved together. And here you have four people working. They're helping each other let down this man. And then it involved difficult, strategic, hard work. They've got to get up on the rooftop. Move back some of those tiles to get an opening so they can let down this man to Jesus. And they've got to do it in one accord. There's got to be harmony. They don't want the man to drop out. They don't want him to tilt. They want to let him down with harmony and oneness. Sometimes our letdowns seem to be uh, the work of several people. You know, I'm pretty slow. But if three or four people tell me the same thing, then I can't help but think they've been talking in each other's ear. They've been trying to plan. they got some strategy. They, they, they've got an agenda. And... Uh, uh, here, we're reminded that several can get together to let you down. But watch it. Paul was let down to bring about an initiation of ministry. David was let down to bring about an interest, a renewed interest in the man of God. The spies were let down to bring about an intervention that took place in the mountain. But the palsied man was let down to bring about intimacy with the Master. They couldn't get to Him. This fellow would have never gotten to Him on His own. And these four men couldn't get Him to Jesus through the door. But in the end, they didn't just get Him through the door. and They just didn't get Him through some of the crowd. They let him down right in front of Jesus. Amen. 
Ah, oh, brother. Somebody said, well, I don't know why I had to go through, I don't know why I had to go through that letdown. The Lord wanted to bring you right into the presence of Jesus. He wanted you to know Him in an intimate fashion. He wanted you to, to be in His, uh, in His little group up close, that close group, not that distant crowd. To bring about an intimacy with the Master. Again, forgive me, I don't feel like I've really preached the Bible. I've just given you these thoughts. But I'm calling it the ministry of being let down. I think you see where I'm coming from. When we built our house back in 90, I think we finished it in 1991, it was a few years after that when we had the surprise of our life. And our third daughter came along. She'll be 15 this next week. She's already informed me when we take our vacation in July that she wants to drive some because she'll have her permit. Well, I tried to tell her, well, honey, oh, you, the only time you can do that's right here around the house. I believe that's the way the law reads. But, uh, boy, she's looking forward to it. I remember those days. But, after we moved into our house, and some of y'all will, will identify with this, we were going to complete the basement after we got in the house. And we were going to complete a closet and other few little things once we got in the house. And boy, those have been the most difficult tasks to get finished in those two or three little things. We got the basement completed uh, and our middle daughter having moved back now after finishing uh, grad school, uh, she's living in that little apartment in the basement. But at this point, right after Acacia was born, let's say she was two and a half, maybe three years of age, we had not finished the basement. And, and we came in late one night, and guess what I had done? I had locked the door with the key in the house. I didn't blame it on my wife. I said I did it. I, I, it's my fault. And we didn't know what to do. I checked every door. Every window, Cindy told me they were all locked, and they were. And she said, well, let's break a window. I said, I am not going to break a window. I'm going to work on some other plan. And then I thought of that little window in the basement that had all, since we they put that window in, that window had been hard to open and close. And I went down and checked it. And got it open. But I couldn't get through it. (laughs) And so I said to my wife, I'm going to get a concrete block. You hand me the baby. I'm going to reach through and sit her down on the floor. Let her feet touch the floor. 
She will talk her into coming over to the basement door and jiggling it until it opens. Well, that's a pretty good plan. But Acacia hadn't been in the basement before. And oh, she found a lot of things to interest her. We like to never got her over to the door. And, and then she, when we told her, turn it, turn it, turn it, we were turning it on the outside trying to, and finally it opened up. And we were able to get in where we thought we'd never get in because I was able to let her down. Are you listening to me? The Lord often, I believe it with all my heart, allows us to be let down. To bring us into spheres of Christian service, Christian fellowship, even intimacy with Himself. And let us get into territories that we would have never gotten in any other way. The ministry of being let down. You've been so kind. Would you stand with me? Your heads are bowed. Your eyes are closed.